Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Memorabe Avram Goldar, and today we're Zichud Rosh Hashanah Daf Yud Gimel, the first parak of Rosh Hashanah. The second Rosh Hashanah has been generously sponsored as a schus for Chayav Bas Esther. So the three times we're going to focus on number one on Daf Yud Beis Amud Beis. The Gemara brought a mission that taught Hatvua Ba'Zeis Mission Yaviu Shlish. Produce and olives require tithing from when they grow to one third of their maturity. Rush explains the produce refers to grains and grapes based on the pasuk Ketvuos Gorn Ketvuos Yekev, like produce of the threshing floor. And produce of the wine vat. On this stuff, Rabbi Yirmi said to Rabbi Zerah, but could the Rabban determine the difference between a plant that just reached a third of its growth and one that reached just less than a third? Rashi explains he was asking if there are such experts in a plant's growth. Rabbi Zerah said to Rabbi Yirmi they should not cast aspersions on the measurements of the Rabban. For all the measurements of the Rabban are like that. They're given in exact terms. For example, one cannot immerse in a mikvah measuring 40 salt minus a kartov. And an amount of food the size of an egg, less the volume of a sesame seed, in a matama tumas does not transmit food tumor. Point number two, the Gemara seeks the source for the rule that produce is assigned to a given year based on when it reaches one-third of its maturity. We saw in a bright where Yonas and Ben Yosef says, The Pasuk states, I will ordain my bracha for you in the sixth year, and it will make a crop sufficient for the three years. Do not read it as it's written, for the three years, rather read it as though it were written lishlish for a third of the crop, so that the sense of the pasuk is that produce is considered finished when it's one third ripe, and it's this moment that determines which year's crop it should be assigned. When the one asks how this pasuk can be used for a drasha when it's needed for the literal meaning, it answers that another pasuk is written for that purpose. And you shall sow in the eighth year, and you shall eat from the old crop until the ninth year. Since this Pasuk already indicates that the crops of the sixth year will last for three years until the beginning of the ninth year, there was no need for the Torah to further state that the sixth year will make a crop for three years. And pointing with you, Gmore brings some Mishnah and Shviz that teaches rice, millet, poppy, and sesame, which are all types of kidneys, Shehi Shri Shulifne Rosh Hashanah, that took root before Rosh Hashanah are tithed according to the past year and are permitted in the seventh year. But if they took root after Rosh Hashanah, they're forbidden during the seventh year and are tithed according to the coming year. Rabbi said, Elon The Rabban said that the assignment of the fruit of a tree follows the emerging of its fruits. and produce and olives fall when they grow to a third of their full size. Yark akita, and the vegetable falls when it's picked. So what do the Rabban equate these items of kidneys with? The rule the Mishnah gives them of taking root doesn't match any of these categories. Rabbi then said, Since they are crumbled one at a time, meaning that they are harvested a few at a time, resulting in some being picked before Rosh Hashanah, and some after, the Rabban chose to assign them based on taking root. So once again, the three points are number one, on Daf Yud Beis, Amad Beis, the Gemara brought a mission that taught, Produce and olives require tithing from when they grow to one-third of their maturity. Rush explains that produce refers to grains and grapes, based on the Pasuk, like produce of the threshing floor and produce of the wine vat. On this doubt, Rabbi Yirmi said to Rabbi Zera, but can the Rabban determine the difference between a plant that just reached a third of its growth and one that reached just less than a third? Rashi explains that he was asking if there was such expert in a plant's growth. Rabbi Zera said to Rabbi Yirmi that he should not cast aspersions on the measurements of the Rabban. For all the measurements of the Rabban are like that. They're given in exact terms. For example, one cannot immerse in a mikvah measuring 40 saw minus a kartov, and an amount of food the size of a kabea, an egg, less the volume of a sesame seed, does not transmit fruit tumor. Point number two, the Gemara seeks the source for the rule that produce is assigned to a given year based on when it reaches one-third of its maturity. It was taught in a bright summer. Yonas and Yosef says 
The Pasuk states, I will ordain my bracha for you in the sixth year. Vasa says, And it will make a crop sufficient for the three years. Do not read it as it's written, for the three years. Rather, read it as though it's written, for a third of the crop. So that the sense of the Pasuk is that produce is considered finished when it's one-third ripe. And it's this moment that determines to which year's crop it should be assigned. When they want to ask how this Pasuk can be used for a drusha, when it's needed for the literal meaning, it answers that another Pasuk is written for that purpose. And you shall sow in the eighth year, and you shall eat from the old crop until the ninth year. Since this Pasuk already indicates that the crops of the sixth year will last for three years until the beginning of the ninth year, there was no need for the Torah to further state that the sixth year will make a crop for three years. And point number three, the Gemara brings a Mishnah in Shviz that teaches rice, millet, poppy, and sesame, which are all types of kidneys that took root before Rosh Hashanah are tied according to the past year and are permitted in the seventh year. But if they took root after Rosh Hashanah, they're forbidden during the seventh year and are tithed according to the coming year. Rabbi said, The Rabban said that the assignment of the fruit of a tree follows Chanata, the emerging of its fruits. And produce and olives fall when they grow to a third of their full size. Yark Akita, and a vegetable falls when it's picked. So what did the Rabban equate these items of kidneys with? The rule the mission gives them of taking root doesn't match any of these categories. Rabbi then said, Since they are crumbled one at a time, meaning they are harvested a few at a time, resulting in some being picked before Rosh Hashanah and some after, Rabban chose to assign them based on taking root. Alright, so now we go to our Simmer Daf Yud Gimel, and our standard Simon is a Bar Mitzvah boy. A Bar Mitzvah boy. So here goes. The Bar Mitzvah boy excitedly used his new Rabbanan's measurement kit to determine exactly when his plant reached a third of its growth hoping it will last for three years, and also to check if his kidneys had taken root. So once again, it's a motion. The Bar Mitzvah boy, Bar Mitzvah boy, that must more on Duff, Yud Gimel. The Bar Mitzvah boy excitedly used his new Rabbanan's measurement kit to determine exactly when his plant reached a third of its growth, which reminds him more about a mission that taught the produce and olives required tithing from they grow to one-third of their maturity. Rush explains the produce refers to grains and grapes. Rabbi Yermi said, Rabbi Zera, they shouldn't cast aspersions on the measurements of the Rabbanan for call me to Kenu. All the measurements of the Rabbanan are like that. They're given in exact terms. So the Bar Mitzvah boy excitedly used his new Rabbanan's measurement kit to determine exactly when his plant reached a third of its growth, hoping it would last for three years, which reminds us, Gamora seeks a source for the rule. The produce is assigned to a given year based on when it reaches one-third of its maturity. Son and Bryce, Rabbi Yonis and Yonis says, the Pasuk states, I will ordain my bracha for you in the sixth year. And it will make a crop sufficient for the three years. Do not read it as it's written, for the three years. Rather, read it as though it's written, for a third of the crop. So that the sense of the Pasuk is that produce is considered finished when it's one-third ripe, and it's this moment that determines to which year's crop it should be assigned. So the Bar Mitzvah boy excitedly used his new Rabbanan's measurement kit to determine exactly when his plant reached a third of its growth, hoping it would last for three years, and also to check if his kidneys had taken root. Which reminds me, more brings a mission in Shviz that teaches rice, milk, poppy, and sesame, which are all types of kidneys, that took root before Shoshana are tied according to the past year and are permitted on the seventh year. But if they took root after Shoshana, they're forbidden during the seventh year and are tied according to the coming year, since they are harvested a few at a time, resulting in some being picked before Shoshana. And some after, the Rabban chose to assign them based on taking root. So once again, the Bar Mitzvah boy excitedly used his new Rabbanan's measurement kit to determine exactly when his plant reached a third of its growth, hoping it would last 
for three years, and also the check of his kidneys had taken root. All right, now it's time for four bloodbath chazara. Top test. So the simmer top test is a teapot. So here goes. Look at all the ladies who had a tea party. Tea party. That must be on top test. Teapot. Look at all the ladies who had a tea party when they put down their plows before the Shemitah began to be Mosif Mechol Kodesh, which reminds us we have Mechol regarding the source for Mosif Mechol Kodesh. Rabbi Kiva learns it from Bukhar Shibakatir Tishbos, which he says applies to the Shemitah year. Since we already know that agricultural work cannot be done during Shemitah, based on the Pasuk Sadachal Sisra, he applies it to before and after Shemitah, that one must assist even at the planning of the year before the seventh, whose benefit enters in the seventh, and that one must prescribe Kedusha Shviz to the reapings of the seventh year produce, whose growth continues into the year after the seventh. Rabbi Shmuel, who interprets this Pasik as discussing Shabbos, learns the principle of Mosif Michal Kodesh from the Pasik dealing with fasting on Yom Kippur. So the little old ladies who had a tea party when they put down their plows before the Shemitah year began to be Mosif Michal Kodesh, chattering that they overheard Yovel will begin even if they don't abandon their field to its ancestral owners, which reminds us, we have a the criteria for Yovel to take effect. Rabbi Yudah says, it will take effect even if the people do not abandon their fields to their ancestral owners, and even if they do not sound the shofar, but will not take effect if they do not free their slaves. Rabbi Yossi says it will take effect even if people do not abandon their fields to their ancestral owners, nor free their slaves. It will not take effect if they do not sound the shofar. And two reasons are given. So the little old ladies who had a tea party when they put down their plows before the Shemitah began to be Mosif Michol al-Kodesh, chattering that they overheard Yobel begin, even if they don't abandon their field to its ancestral owners, couldn't believe it when they heard that even people in Chutzlars were freeing their slaves. Which reminds us that the Chavim say that all three elements are essential for Yovel to take effect. The exclusionary term Yovel has come to teach that the laws of Yovel are in effect even outside of Eretz Yisrael and people must free their slaves. That is, if in Eretz Yisrael they are freeing their slaves. Daf Yud. So the Sum Daf Yud is a minion of Yidin. So here it goes. The minion of Batis. Minion. That must be more in Daf Yud. The minion of Batis who knew that all of fruit on a tree could still be prohibited in the fourth year, which reminds us that the source of the Orla and Revive prohibitions are extended into the fourth and fifth year, is that after saying that the fruit of a tree's first three years is Orla, the Pasuk states, Ubashana Haravis, and in the fourth year. And after presenting the fourth year's Revive prohibition, it states, Ubashana Hamishis, and in the fifth year. These connective phrases through the letter Vav connect the fourth year to Orla and the fifth year to Revive. So the minion of botanists who knew the Orla fruit on a tree could still be prohibited in the fourth year planted the new sapling 30 days prior to Rosh Hashanah so that it would take hold and count as one year. Which reminds us, it was taught in Bryce regarding one who plants a tree or bends a vine into the ground or grafts a branch onto an existing tree in the year before Shemitah, 30 days before Rosh Hashanah, when Rosh Hashanah arrives, it's considered a full year with regard to Orla. The Gemara suggests that the Bryce which says that it must be a full 30 days before Rosh Hashanah in order to be considered a full year is not in accordance with Rimeir, who said Yom Echa B'Shanah that a single day in a year is legally regarded as a full year. After extensive analysis, the Gemara will conclude that the Brisa is in accordance with Rimer. And when the Torah states that the tree must be planted 30 days before Rosh Hashanah, it's Laklita, discussing the period needed for the tree to take hold. So the minion of botanists who knew that oil of fruit on a tree could still be prohibited in the fourth year, planted the new sapling 30 days prior to Rosh Hashanah, so that it would take hold and count as one year, right next to their shrubbery sculpture illustrating which historical events occurred. In Nisan versus Tishrei. Which reminds me of the Malkus Rabbi Yishu regarding which month the creation of the world took place in, as well as other historical events. Was it in Nisan or Tishrei? Daf Yudolf. So the similar Daf Yudolf is stars. So here it goes. The stars, stars. That must be more in Daf Yudolf. 
The stars twinkling over the earth that was covered in vegetation and laden with fruit, which reminds us, with Malkokas, when the world is created. Rabbi Yezir says, we know the world is created in Tishrei, for the Pusik states, eats pre, when the land is laden with fruits, which is Tishrei, whereas Rabbi Shua says, we know it's created in Nisan, for the another Pusik states, eats Osapri, when the earth has trees producing fruit, which is Nisan. So the stars twinkling over the earth that was covered in vegetation and laden with fruit, and that were named after Siddiquim that died on the same day, they were born, which reminds us that we learned that each one of the holes the Abbas died in the month that they were born, for it stated, Yomer Alem ben And he, Moshe, said to them, I'm 120 years old today. So why does the Torah add the word today? To teach them, Moshe meant to say the following, Today my days and years are full. This comes to teach you that Kosh Baruch who sits and makes full the years of Tzaddikim from day to day and from month to month. So the stars twinkling over the earth that was covered in vegetation and laden with fruit, and that were named after the Siddiquim that died on the same day they were born. Nula Mabu was coming when they noticed that Mazakim was coming up in the daytime and missing two stars. Which reminds us, the Malchokas regarding when the Mabu started is based upon the earlier Malchokas regarding when the world was created. The Pusik states that the Mabu began in the 600th year and Noah's life in the second month on the 17th day of the month. Now which month is the second month? According to Rebbe Lezer, since the world was created in Tishrei, the second month is Mar Cheshvan. And according to Rabbi Yeshua, who holds the world was created in Nisan, the second month is Iyar. Both agree that Akash Baruch who brought the Mazal Kima up at that time and took two stars from Kima and brought the Mabul to the world. Dafyad Beis. So the symbol of Beis is 12 brothers. So here goes. As one brother, one brother of 12? 12 brothers? That must be one Daf Yud Beis. As one brother played with his remote control boat in a boiling cauldron of hot water, which reminds us that according to Beleza, the change in nature during the Mabul is that they were punished with boiling water since they sinned with a boiling substance, meaning semen, and this is learned from the word Shachacha mentioned by the Mabul, which means subsided, and by Megillus Esther with Machamas Amel, Shachacha, the anger of the king cooled down. So, as one of the brothers played with his remote control boat in a boiling cauldron of hot water, his eleven brothers were busy taking Meiser from their beloved vegetables, which reminds us that Bryson mentioned the Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah for both the Durban of tithing vegetables and for Derisa Meisris. He mentioned Meiser Yark first since it's Chavi to him because it's the Durbanan. So, as one brother played with his remote control boat in a boiling cauldron of hot water, his eleven brothers were busy taking Meiser from their beloved vegetables while standing under a big sign reminding them not to take Meiser Shani in the third and sixth years. Which reminds us, the Gemara brings a source that there's no he of a Meiser Shani in the third and sixth year of the Shemitah cycle, but the Pusik said Shnasa Meiser, referring to only one Meiser, and not the typical two of Meiser Rishon and Meiser Shani. We know that Meiser Rishon is always brought based on a Hekish of Meiser Rishon Tanakhala, just as an inheritance has no interruption, so too Meiser Rishon has no interruption, but is received by the Levi every year in the Shemitah cycle. All right, that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichur wishing you a great day and great learning.